the twelfth bracha in the list of requests, and basically the last specific bracha, uh, the final specific bracha, the spe- specific request, is etzemach David Avdacha Merat Now last week we explained that the request for the reconstitution of the kingdom of Israel, of the Davidic royalty, in other words, a political re-establishment of the Jewish polity in its finest sense, was very included in last week's bracha. In the words, V'kisei David re-establish quickly the throne of David in Yerushalayim. So what is this bracha about? Now, as I pointed out, most Mephoshim say the Yerushalmi holds that in fact there aren't two brachot, but we do say two brachot. Nonetheless, we have included the Vedic kingdom in the previous bracha. So what is this bracha about? In fact, this bracha doesn't mention any word that is a direct reference to the kingdom. Not the word malchut, not the word kisei, which means the throne. Instead of that, we have very picturesque, unusually picturesque, metaphoric phrases, et tzemach David avdachat tatzmiach, you should raise up the horn of David and the tzemach David, the, the growth or the shoot or the sprout of David, you should, you should cause to flourish, you should grow. The question is, what do these unusual terms mean? Why are they used? And in any event, what is the Bacha actually about? Now, the phrase tzemach, which literally means a uh, something that grows. Tzemach means growth. So literally, it means a plant. Metaphorically, it could be used to mean anything which uh, has to grow and flourish. But in almost every case in Tanakh, where the word tzemach is used metaphorically, it refers to the Mashiach. So the future, the future uh, descendant of David, of King David, and somehow that restoration is called Tzemach. This appears in Tehillim, and it appears twice in Trayasar. Ba'etahi atzmiach keren David. At that future time I will cause to grow the growth or the, the horn of David, both the word keren and the word semach, but the, 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 the verb is atzmiach. And even more tellingly, uh, in Trayasa we find, Chazal used the Pasuk to tell us that the name of the Mashiach, his personal name is Tzemach, because the Pasuk says so. Ish Tzemach Shmo. The pshat might be metaphoric, meaning that uh, not that his name is Tzemach, but but it's clearly referring, uh, at least on some level, to the Mashiach. It's true that in Pshat level it's talking about Zubavel, the, at the time, the future, the near future man who would restore the second, help to restore the second Beit HaMikdash and the second uh, uh, Commonwealth. But in context, it's clear that Navi is speaking about the distant future well, which is why Chazal referred the Pasuk to the Mashiach. Not only does the Tanakh use the verb lahatzmiach to describe the beginning of the Geula, but Chazal say the name of the Mashiach is 
is, is growth. The name of the Mashiach is a plant. And there's almost no other usage, if at all, of the word Semach, other than, of course, real agriculture, uh, in the Tanakh at all. We have to understand what is this apparently very close association of the imagery of tending a plant, watering a plant, getting it to grow, and the process of the redemption. I think the answer to this question is, uh, more or less based on things we said in the past, we talked about Ketusha, etc., that Chazal understood, and the Nevi'im understood, right? Sefer Tehidim already expressed the idea, that the Ge'ulah Atidit, the future redemption of Israel, the importance, not just that it's true, the importance, the, the inner meaning of the future redemption of Israel is no less in the process than in the final result. And that's because the real meaning of the Gula isn't solving certain problems. You know, we're in exile, so we should be in Eretz Israel. We're poor, we should be rich. There's no Beit HaMikdash, there should be Beit HaMikdash. All those are the end results of the process of redemption. But no less, and perhaps even more, the inner meaning of the redemption is getting there and not being there. And not only being there. And the reason is, and this is a, a notion which I've described in the past in, in, in the early issue of this, of this series as well as elsewhere, that the redemption of the world in the final, in the final uh, 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 meaning of the word is the kingdom of God, not the kingdom of David. It's God's presence in the world and the whole world reflecting nothing else other than the glory of God. And not a building here or a government here, all of which are part of the process, but not but not 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 the true end of the process. But as we pointed out in the past, God's presence in the world isn't a state. It's it's the growth it's the approach, it's the striving of human beings to become like God, to become closer to God, to reflect God. The state of perfect presence of God, the state of God's kingship, existed before the world was created. Adon olam Hashem malach b'terem kol yitzir nivra. God ruled before anything was created. In fact, He ruled perfectly because there was no opposition whatsoever. There was no world. There was only God. That is total presence of God everywhere and only God. But the presence of God in the world that we are searching for is not that God should simply be here because if God would be here, there wouldn't be a world. The presence of God is found in the way human beings perfect themselves they reflect the perfection of God by perfecting themselves. They reflect the perfection of God by coming closer to God. They reflect God's presence by constantly approaching God. So on the one hand, the end result is very important. Because if you have no goal, then there's no meaning in the process. The process is only valuable because it's approaching a goal. 
But the actual Kedusha, the actual Geula, is not so much in the goal as in the approach to the goal. That is what here in this Bacha and in the Psukim on which it's based is called by the Nviim and by Chachameinu Zichonam Levacha. That's called Tzemicha. We're asking God not just to make sure the Mashiach is here, but we're asking God to renew or to make more clear to us or to drag us into and make sure that we participate in the process of the Tzemicha, the process of the growth, of the flourishing, of the rising. And there are two different metaphors used. For that one is Tzemach, the other one is Keren. I think there's a difference between them, but not so much for the point we discussed now. Keren is also, it means, the horn means... It's clear that that's what the, 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 the imagery is. It's the, 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 um, the animal who, who raises his horn as, as his, his might. It's the rising of the horn. Well, horns also actually grow. But to me, in my mind, I see more, not so much the slow, very slow growth of a horn over the years, which actually is a kind of tzemach. So why not? We'll include that as well. But also, when the animal raises his head for battle or for glory, and the horn is that which which points upwards. It it's 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 it, it, it shows the striving for supremacy, for glory, for for majesty, and for transcendence. The difference between the two metaphors could very well be that in in the Kevin there's the idea of might, of power. Part of God's presence in the world is that God's power should be evident and should reconstruct the world, which will, of course, be reflected in Kibbutz Galiyot, and Binyanik Tamikdash, and the destruction of Abba Malchuyot, and, 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 and the destruction of everything which is bad, and the reorganization of the world around, around God's kingship, meaning God's kingship, God's might, and God's power. Tzemach doesn't have the idea of power. A growing tree, a growing plant doesn't reflect power. It reflects pure growth. It reflects simply, simply transcendence, simply striving to be more, to be higher. To be closer, to be closer to God. That, I think that might be the difference between the two metaphors, but it's more important to me to stress the, uh, the commonality between them. That when we talk about the gula, we're not talking about only that we want tomorrow to be wonderful. We're speaking about how we want to be included in a process which doesn't appear, which I don't feel, when I do feel. That's why I need to, to pray. I shouldn't have to feel that we're at a dead end or installed or we're going nowhere, we're going around in circles. But that, but that every day is building more and more and more towards the goal that we bear in our hearts. We learn from the VM of Bayom Ahu Yashem Ahadu This is completely different than the previous Pacha. The previous Pacha is talking about specific goals, including the goal of Tashuv. You should your Shekhinah should be in Yerushalayim. That's something which I want. There is no Shekhinah, I want more Shekhinah. There is no Yerushalayim, I want better Yerushalayim. There is no kingship, I want kingship. And those things are more or less joined. Today's Bacha is speaking specifically of a spiritual process that's reflected in a physical goal. We're talking about the process. The process is purely spiritual. I, I wish to transcend my own existence. It's, it's a request for the supernatural. It's a request to transcend the natural law and natural causation and how everything is predetermined and you are no more than you are and you can never be better than you are. 
and we want God to 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 enrich, to en- enliven our, our lives in such a way that once again we'll be streaming forward on the process that's called Tzemach David. A Tzemach David of the Chameirat Tatzmiach. Plant, grow, speed the growth of Tzemach David. Of course, if we speed the growth, we'll get to the end faster. But I want to be part of that growth. I don't want to skip that part. But and then a very unusual line. Technically, there's a real problem in this line. The word ki, at the end of a bracha, invariably, in all previous cases, means, I want you to do this, for you are the one who does this. The for is the reason why it should be done. Why should you send me before? Because you're a doctor. Ki why should you grant me forgiveness? Here I say, give us Tzmichat David, give us the Yeshua. Why? Because we want it. Because every day we are expecting your Yeshua. That's not a reason why God should do it. Perhaps the word key here means not you should do it for that reason, but that's why we're asking. It's a very unusual and very uh, 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 um, uh, way of putting the bracha. You, 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 it's, it's totally different than any other bracha. But I think the answer is what we just described. If I was saying God build a Beit HaMikdash, then the key would be, for you are he who builds the Beit HaMikdash. If I was saying bring uh, David and put him on his throne and give us a kingdom and a government, and 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 a, 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 a civilian rule, which will be wonderful, then I'll say, you are he who mamlich melachim. You anoint kings. But here I'm asking something that's not external. I'm asking something that's really internal. I'm saying, make my life not full of meaning. Make my life one of transcendence. Make my life one of striving to move up and beyond and closer to you relative to where I am now. And therefore, the reason is the kivinu kolayom is the thing we're asking for. It's the striving. It's the yearning. Because you are, and notice the kilishu atcha, not kilishua, not because we're desirous of a geula, but we're desirous of you. Because what is the meaning of Tzemach David? What is the meaning of the fact that people can transcend themselves? I said, that's God's presence in the world. If nobody is participating in Tzmichat David, if nobody is participating in self-transcendence, then Chas v'shalom, God is not in the world. God is in the world in the places where people are becoming closer to God. The closeness to God is God. So we're saying, put into the world this this presence, this this palpable feeling, this palpable reality of self-transcendence, which is God's presence. Why? Because because that's who you are. The bracha should say, ki ata kach ki ata goel, ki ata rofei, ki ata solech. 
That's what it says. It says, no, it says, because we are, if we are yearning for God's redemption, for God's salvation, that is God in the world who provides what we're looking for. Instead of saying, for you are he who heals the sick, we're saying, for you are he who is found in human striving and becoming closer to God. That's what it says. For you are he who is found in our striving for God. Key. For every day and every minute, even when, I'm not, even when I don't realize it. But every day and every minute, what is God other than the fact that we are striving and hoping. Hoping doesn't mean I say I hope. It's, it's, it's working for it. The fact that my eyes are, are, are focused on the goal of becoming closer to God, that is the Shekhinah in the world. And therefore the Bacha is exactly like other Bachot. I want A because you provide A. But because here the A is not something that God does. What God is here is something that we do. Or at least something that we, that our souls aspire to. And so it says, And the Vacha is not about Yeshua, but about Yeshua. The Vacha is about how what we're yearning for is God Himself. Remember that last week I pointed out that again the Yerushalmi, which is admittedly talking about the previous Pacha, but when it had the idea of David in the previous Pacha, so the Chatimah Tabracha, the concluding line was, Baruch Hashem, Elokei David, Uvonei Yerushalayim. I think the Elokei David is, is really appropriate for Abracha. We say Matzmiyach Yeshua. But Elokei David isn't a description of God's actions, but just merely of God's name. It doesn't say what God does. Elokei David, the God who is called over David's name. And I think that's that idea is the idea that I described now. It's not that God needs to do something. He does. He, God has to make Himself available. He has to, he has to in, inspire our lives. But the thing we're talking about is that God is found in connection to a person, to people. Elokei David is the God who is manifested in the fact that David conquers, that David builds, that David does things. And and that, again, we don't adopt the Yushalmi. But the point is that the Vacha is speaking about God who is found in my life because, because I worship God. The uh, the psikta which I quoted last week, which I didn't explain, I'll explain now. The psikta, when describing where the bracha B'tzamach David comes from, which it does recognize exists, but claims it's an additional bracha. It's not a regular bracha. There should only should only have been 17 brachot. The gematria of Tov, Tedva Bet. But there was an extra bracha of Bukat Aminim Tiknua that was added in Yavne. And they added the bracha B'tzamach David. Why? It says because the Bira Melech said, Hashem What is the Psikta talking about? 
So the Gemara in Sanhedrin explains David said this pasuk: "Bacheni Hashem unaseni." God uh, uh, test me. The Gemara in, in Sanhedrin in Perek describes it negatively. It says David uh, said the following to God: "You know, there's Bachav Avam Yitzchak and Yaakov." As we pointed out many, many weeks ago when we began Shemun Esrei, the Gemara and the Medrash Rabbah in Lech Lecha says that when God said to Avam Avinu, Vavarecha, Vagalashemecha, Vayebracha, it was telling him that the first Bracha of Shemun Esrei would be for Elokei Avraham, Elokei Yitzchak, Elokei Yaakov. Ubracha Chotmim, Magen Avraham. So the Bidah Melech said to Avraham to, to God, you know, Avraham Yitzchak, have a Bracha, I'd like to have a Bracha too. How come we don't say, okay, David? Very unusual request. I think we have to say, why David even said it, but that's not my, that's not my problem now. David asked, it should be Bacha of okay, David. Again, notice that that you show me there is a Bacha of David. He asked, okay, David. God said to him, nah. The forefathers, the Avot, itnessly, they stood up in trials for me. They were tried by me. You weren't. David said, uh, okay. B'cheni Hashem, I want a trial, give me a trial, and then you'll call me, and, 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 and then it'll be okay, David. So, A person should never ask to be tried by God, because David Melech did it, and Miyad Ne'emar, he saw Batsheva, the trial that God sent him was Batsheva, and he failed. Okay, so the Gemara in the Bavli, the Gemara in Sanhedrin is describing this as a failure. Never do such a thing. Don't ask God to try you. It's a boast, which you can never be sure that you're going to pass. A different Gemara says that God only tries those who He knows will pass. But you don't know. And therefore we say this in the Tefillah Yom Kippur also, we ask God, you know, or actually in the morning Tefillah, uh, don't put me to the test. Uh, parenthetical remark, the reason is, because it's not like being tested on uh, whether you know how to drive a car. The test that God gives us doesn't determine what you can do. That God knows. The test is to see whether you can do that which you can't do. To see whether you can do the next step. It can't be guaranteed in advance. You don't know that it can be guaranteed in advance. It's not something you can really do. It's the step above we want. It's the transcendence. How can a person say to God, let me show that I can transcend? It's unscientific. It has no scientific basis. You can't transcend yourself scientifically. It's a bit of a miracle. So you can't demand such a thing. God knows when you're ready. David Melech did it, and he failed terribly. The story of Bathsheba and, and David. So despite the fact that the Gemara is negative, but then comes the Psyche and says, but you know, that's why there's a bracha called, there was added a bracha called Tzemach David. That's exactly the point I was describing. Etzemach David is about Nisayon. The Besikta says, Etzemach David is parallel, it's a response to David Melech saying, B'cheni Hashem unaseini. You only get a bracha on your name if you've been tested. And apparently even if you failed. That's what's so amazing here. Not just tested and passed, even tested and failed. Then you get a bracha on your name. The Vila Melech was the man who actually, unlike the Avot, the Avot didn't ask to be tested. And the Gemara says, you shouldn't do it. It's too dangerous, but nonetheless, we admire it. The Avot didn't ask to be tested. They were tested. David Melech yearned 
to get to the next step. He, he saw that he wasn't being tested. He saw that there was nothing that was pushing him on to the next step. And he said, well, how am I going to get there? God, give me a chance. B'cheni Hashem unaseni. And that's what this bracha says. That's what this bracha is about. This bracha is about the yearning to move on, the yearning to move up, the, the yearning to fly, to be unbounded, to be unconnected to the earth, but to fly up to heaven. And the Vidamelach is he who discovered this, this attribute, this, this, this meaning, this step. And the bracha. After he discovered it, the bracha was added to Shmuel according to the Psikta. According to the Bavli, the bracha is an original part of Shmuel but, but the idea of the Psikta is correct. The Vedamelech discovered this idea, and what we're asking for is to participate, not in his failure, of course, but to participate in the Vedamelech's adventure. And that's why it's called Tzemach, David. Growth as an ideal is the Vedamelech. I would say growth as an ideal is David HaMelech because David represents Geula. That's what Geula means. Geula is redemption of the world, is turning the world from a physical universe into something which reflects God's glory, which is done by the world constantly striving to, to, grow, to grow upward. So David means Geula and Geula means Tzmicha. The Psikta has, in, in a Jewish kind of manner, has actually connected to David HaMelech's personal life. Why does David HaMelech represent Geula? Only because he's the grandfather of the future Mashiach, no, David Melech's personal life is in fact the Geula. The confusion, so to speak, the confusion that exists between David and Ben David, the Mashiach is David. David Melech is El Chai Kayam. What do we mean by that phrase we learned in kindergarten? That the future king of Israel is called, he's not just by accident, or, or by design, a distant descendant of David. Legally, he has inherited the kingdom. No, it's much more than that. His name is Ben David, and sometimes his name is David. The idea being that, what I just said, the gula is not future. The future gula is in the present. If you, if you aspire to the future gula, and you grow towards it, then you're ready in gula. David Amelach started that process. How? So, Metaphorically or agad, agadically, when he said "Bechani Hashem Benaseni," when he said, I, "I I want to go on, give me a difficult test so that I can so that I can jump forward," and uh, not allegorically, when he began to lay the yisodot for the kingdom of heaven on earth, and he laid the yisodot for the binyan Beit Hamikdash on earth, and that's what David dedicated his life to, and therefore any king, any geula in the future is to some extent David. The continuation of David. David David as an individual died. Not, uh, there's nothing miraculous taking place here. But the Davidic principle is of course alive and well because the Davidic principle is itself the process. The process is going on all the time. The Gula is not tomorrow or yesterday, but it's from, to, from yesterday to tomorrow. What David Amalek started continues until its fruition, until its culmination in Biyat HaMashiach, Tzedkeinu, Behem Yameinu. And that's what, you, that's what the Psikta is exactly saying. The Vedah Melech got a bracha, it's not for his glory. It's not like he said, oh, I want a bracha in my name. It's not like he wanted a plaque on the building, you know, if I give enough money, so the Yeshiva will be called Hechel uh, Ezra. Uh, 
So David Melech gave a lot of money, and the bracha was called Birkat David. No, David Melech unearthed something. He discovered something. He discovered the meaning of the world. He discovered the meaning of history. He invented history. He put the Jews into history. Before that, the Jews were about being good. And the Bila Melech explained that the Jews are about the, the grand journey from the beginning to the end of God in the world. Once he did that, then of course we ask for that. It's the meaning of our lives. Tzemach, David Abda Kamera, Tatzmiach, Bekanot Tarum Yishuatecha, Kilishuatcha, Kivinu Kolayam. It's true I want to have money. It's true I want to have panasa. It's true I want to have slicha. It's true I want to have dat. It's true I want to have kibbutz kaliyat. And underlying and encompassing all those things is kilishuatcha kivinu kolayam. I want you. And how can I have you? By growing towards you. Help me. Inspire my life to come closer to you. Baruch atah Hashem matzmiyach Yeshua who plants and nurtures the growth of the redemption and the salvation at all times.